Six weeks to the day when the regular season will begin, both the men's and women's basketball teams started their practice off on Tuesday, of course, with everybody in Division One able to get things going on the practice courts. It was fun to be back at the Moomis Center, give you my observations, but first, before practice began, and of course the team has been coming together, did with some summer workouts, Brian Gregory spoke to the media, and not a bad place to start with. So many newcomers on the team, just four returners and ten Newcomers, most of them transfers, but that's kind of the way things are all over the country. Brian Gregory with a general catch-up statement here. Obviously, you know, exciting day for us, even though we had kind of a team workout yesterday. But, you know, the first day of official, official practice always brings a little extra juice to you. We've had a good summer, good preseason with our, with our new guys and our returning guys. You know, I think that this is a new age when it comes to college basketball. You're seeing it in college football quite a bit with the impact of the transfer market and guys that are able to come into a new place and make an immediate impact. I think you're going to see it maybe even more pronounced in college basketball just due to the fact of the sheer number of how many guys have uh, taken advantage of the perfect storm that was created with the additional year of eligibility and then the immediate eligibility rule uh, being in, in place. So with us, obviously, it, it, the returners, Caleb Murphy's had a tremendous spring and summer and early fall. Um, looking for big things from him. Take that next step. Russell has done a great job of, you know, continuing his development. He just needs, you know, playing time and to play. Um, and then Jameer Chaplin's probably made the biggest jump, showed flashes last year, uh, but has really done a good job this spring summer and fall in terms of developing his overall game and the new guys coming in are all going to make an impact uh remains to be seen how big uh but we're we're deep uh we're long we're athletic we're a better shooting team uh basketball skill iq has been very noticeable in terms of the summer workouts and the fall workouts so again you know i'm excited about what uh what we can build. Obviously, the biggest challenge now in college basketball for us and for other programs is putting all the pieces together and having everybody kind of figure out their roles and accept those roles and then go out there and play those roles. Of course, we'll have plenty of time to go through the entire roster and how things are shaping up, but just to catch you up, the four returners and the guys who left the program, and you'll hear the numbers here from Coach Gregory, it is not shocking that someone leaves after their four years of eligibility. So guys like David Collins and Justin Brown fit that category. Also moving on, Michael Durr, Xavier Castaneda, a lot of big-time contributors, and, of course, the big one, Alexis Yetna. But Kayla Murphy, who got a lot of playing time last year as a freshman, of course, Jameer Chaplin, who was the most improved player and a very dangerous threat, Mark Calleja, the guard, fourth-year player out of Hudson, no longer a walk-on, and the man who showed promise underneath as a backup to Michael Durr at center, Russell Chiwa. Only one actual scholarship freshman along the 10 newcomers. That would be a very promising guard from Windermere, Trey Moss. They also have a walk-on freshman, Lamont Evans, who played at Ely High School. Guy with a lot of experience transferring in is Javon Green. And yeah, when not only Coach Gregory speaks about how much of an impact we're expecting from him, you also get an idea that having guys leave after their eligibility is exhausted is kind of the way it's going to be. And the Bulls, in this case, get one and a big one in Green. It's interesting because obviously he's played four years of college basketball. 
and like 95% of the seniors last year that ended their eligibility or ended their, you know, graduated from the school that they were at, I think it was 95% moved on to other schools, those that were taking advantage of that additional fifth year, super senior year. But when you look at his body of work over the four years, over a thousand points, over 500 rebounds, over 300 assists, over 100 steals. If he had those numbers here at South Florida, he would go down as one of the greatest players that's ever played here. You know what I mean? Uh, so he had a tremendous career at George Mason. Plus, he's played in over 100 college basketball games. So that makes a big difference, too. There's no doubt that he's going to be able to make an immediate impact in our program. His ability to score the ball, shoot the ball, and he's a, he's a high-quality guard when it comes to decision-making and so forth. Now, it's a different system, uh, but some of the stuff that we're doing, he's very comfortable with as well. So that maturity uh, obviously translates well into him being able from day one to, to be a key contributor for us. Just watching him work, just knowing his stats is one thing, but seeing him practice yesterday, he just has this presence like it's no big deal. He's intense, but also very calm. And shooting from the left side, he kind of is the Justin Brown offensively, but is going to add, I think, a lot more defensively. And yes, as he told me in an interview as they were doing the summer workouts, 80% is the minimum which he aspires to shooting free throws. He does a lot of practice and got to see him sinking a few in a row. And then when he missed one, boy, you could tell he was upset. And that's kind of what you want. Now, point guard. It was in the hands of Xavier Castaneda with Kayla Murphy also. And, of course, before that, LaQuincy Rito handled the position. Now it sounds like it's Murphy's, but this Trey Moss kid could also handle that spot. Here's Brian Gregory on the one spot on the floor. With, with Caleb, I think prior to the shutdown last year, after the first six games and the non-conference games, he had one more freshman of the year honors than anybody in the league and was right on track to probably be neck and neck in terms of winning that thing. You saw some progression during the season, but I, I, I really think that last year was the toughest on those new freshmen because they didn't get the same preparation time and the practice time and the preseason and the summer training and all that. And then, you know, we, we, we threw them to the wolves a little bit as, a, as, you know, our starting point guard and playing the amount of minutes that he had. I think the two areas with him that have, have developed and grown the most is his ability to shoot the ball, in particular creating his own shot and making those shots, and just his decision making. You know, as a point guard, he's got to be at, you know, a two to one, three to one assist to turnover ratio. Uh, that's a lot to ask for a freshman last year, but it's not too much to ask for him as a sophomore. Obviously, Trey Moss is what I felt was if not the top, one of the top two or three point guards coming out of the high school ranks in the state of Florida. He's got a bright future in front of him. He's learning from a guy that obviously knows the position and knows our system. So he's making very good strides as well. And then with the two other guards, I can you can slide over and play them with Javon Green and with Sorrell Smith as well. Both those guys can handle the duty of, of running the offense and getting us in our stuff as well. So. I think that's a position that's pretty well taken care of right now. It was a pretty long press conference. Brian Gregory spoke for about 30 minutes. He was asked a lot about the whole landscape of things. We're not going to give you all of that here. But in essence, they were ready for it and ready to retool their roster. 
And when you really step back, as he does here, and piece it all together, it is a highly rated class coming in, even though some of them, of course, are coming in too, or in the case of Sorrell Smith, a few years after the Bulls originally tried to bring them in as freshmen. It's a pretty good place to start with Murphy and Chaplin. Murphy, who's played significant minutes, Chaplin. Russell, who played in every game last year for us as well. We didn't necessarily have that the first year. And the, and the, the second piece is these guys all played last year. So with the immediate eligibility, puts us in a position using that transfer portal to continue to build our talent pool, but also bring in guys that do things the way we want to do them. You know, I mean, with Caleb Murphy, it was the highest rated recruit since they had the numbers that signed here. And then Corey Walker is the second highest top 75 player in the country. And if you just take a look at our roster, and if you would have said, okay, three years ago, Sorrell Smith would have committed here, there would have been a parade from St. Pete to Tampa, right? Or that we got Corey Walker, you know, go down the list. You know, we recruited Jalen McCreary coming out of high school. He chose South Carolina over us playing in the SEC. We recruited Byron Matos and he signed with Mississippi State, and there was a change there, and he went to New Mexico. I mean, so you just keep going down the list, and, and the biggest key is, again, those guys getting in here, getting situated, and being able to come together. I tried to get video of all the new guys, and you can see them on my Twitter page, at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. I do think it's going to be interesting to see what they do as far as interior scoring. It could be a guard-driven offense as far as the scoring goes, although you could see that Walker and McCreary are trying to establish themselves underneath. Byron Matros, I think, is going to be a nice factor. Could even be your starting center this year. Did want to ask Coach Gregory about the schedule as it was officially released. Bulls have a lot of games at home, but they also go to Honolulu for the Christmas event, starting off with a game against BYU, and looks like they'll get three solid contests. I did not know about the American Athletic Conference alliance with that tournament, which he reveals here, and again, speaking about the full slate. A lot of things up in the air in the spring when you're trying to put together the, the schedule, and then you had to look back at games that were canceled from the year before. Did you have to replay them and different things like that? So with all things considered, you know, the opportunity to go to Honolulu and play over Christmas is a little bit of a challenge because it butts up against the conference schedule and so forth. But our league has created an alliance with that, with that tournament. So there'll be a, a, a team from our league will always play in that tournament. We decided, Michael and I sat down and said, let's be the first one. So we decided to do that. Um, and then we built the schedule around that opportunity. We, we had to play Boston College from the home game from two years ago. So opportunity to play it in, uh, against an ACC school. Obviously, getting the, the game against Florida in Sunrise. As I said, uh, you can quote me on it, put it in the, wherever you want. We'd play in that, in that event every year if we could. It's always great to play in that event uh, at the Orange Bowl Classic. The opportunity to, to go downtown and played Amelie against the top 10 team in Auburn. And then the, 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 the rest of the non-conference home games against, again, quality opponents, teams that will, at the end of the non-conference, will put us into position RPI-wise when you look at the total mix of teams in a good spot. And then obviously the, the conference schedule is coming out and you know you got two teams that are 
right now at least preseason people are talking about final four teams in Memphis and Houston and that they don't even mention the last two champions in our league Tulsa won it two years ago tied with Cincinnati and then obviously Wichita won it last year so our league will be as good as it's ever been if not better in, in my four previous years. So that is the men's side of things. And again, we'll have plenty more chances to meet some of the new guys. I already talked to a couple of them with Javon Green. Sam Hines, don't want to forget about him. I think he is going to be a solid contributor, sort of a mid-range jump shot, can also drive to the basket, loves to do that, can get a board for sure, and has the clutch gene in him. Only played the one year at Denver and really is going to be, I think, a big part of the attack for the Bulls. On the women's side, as I put out on Twitter, at Derek Sharp, if you want to see some of the videos and photos, it was good to see that they are still with the shooting touch because... I don't know. I I talked to Jose Fernandez about it. It was really cool and nice, by the way, for both head coaches and Altron Jackson on the men's side to stop over and say hi and sort of catch up. But Jose, I had to ask him, how in the world do you guys have it mathematically so perfect? Because what they do is they put everybody out there on the court. They set a certain amount of time and a certain amount of points. The layup drills, for example, you have to hit a certain amount in two minutes as a team. And it puts the pressure on to not miss layups, which was a big point of contention. There were some games last year where it just added up as far as not being able to finish near the rim. And listen, the Bulls had a great season, but they did have some issues, and that was one of them. So you could tell they're trying to take care of that right away. But then there was the drill that I got tired just watching, which was a little bit more than four minutes set on the clock. And the point total to get to was 120 so layups were two mid-range jumpers were two and three pointers were three you had a group of three players going down the court all shooting one of the above and every time it ended up being 116 118 again they're trying to get to 120 missed layup cost you two points and you end up with 118 and what does jose say all right let's run it again and finally the next time they Got around 135 points, so that's a nice little way to, first of all, make sure you're in shape, which they were, and to also get that pressure right out there on front. If you think they don't face pressure in practice, they certainly do, and that's a good way to do it. So, again, they have some newcomers on this team, but not as many. Having played in the African basketball tournament, Dulce Fankamengiadu was not there yet at practice, but she will be. It'll be great to see her. Of course, the guards, you just, it's, that. That vibe, that similar, that familiar vibe to it when you see Sydney Harvey and Eliza Pinzon. Miha looked in the best shape that she's been in. Mihaila Lozic. Patience Williams is a player who we've referenced but not really seen much in action, so it was good to see her skill set. And yes, she can hit the mid-range jumper, but also is your prototypical swing player who is a transfer from junior college, I think will help out the Bulls for certain. They have a ways to go before they get to the start of the season. Of course, Maria Alvarez, Elena Chinecki, boy, she's got her shooting skills honed up already. It's going to be great to see them back on the court now. They did lose some players from last year. The big name is Christina Brabenceva. She basically went back home to the Czech Republic, but most of the players coming back, they also lose Beatrice Jordao, who is going to be at Iowa State. But with the addition of Dulce Fink and Minjidu underneath, you have her, Betty Mononga, and Shea Leverett, and also able to swing into that four spot if you need them. Players like Christina Bramejo, along with the one I just mentioned, Patience Williams, and Odeth Betancourt, another newcomer, junior college transfer. They are loaded. It's just about 
getting the right rotations, and they are going to be able to put out a lot of different types of lineups. The Bulls can go, well, they could go four guards, they could go three bigs, they could do anything depending on the opponent and the game situation. It's going to be fun to follow them. We'll hear from Jose Fernandez officially, I'm sure, soon enough. Coming up next, we got a war on I-4 in men's soccer tonight. You'll hear from head coach Bob Butehorn. And oh yeah, the men's golf team just finished up its second event of the fall in fine fashion. Women's golf update as well. Stay tuned on this hour-long or almost hour-long Bulls beat on a Wednesday.